Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Warning. This episode contains some themes and language that may be considered too adult for kiddos. So if they're listening with you, make sure to have them put on their earmuffs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Leo Effects. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. I've been waiting to talk to him for a while because he's he's got some really cool stuff going on that I've been listening to on the YouTube. And man, it, it's been blowing my mind and I want to find some more out about it. But uh, please allow me to introduce Frank Schubert of Revolution. How are you, sir? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well myself. You know, sequestered away and all that good stuff, but... We're making the best of it, and we're still running podcasts, so that's good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, you're in an awfully pretty place, so, uh, yeah, that's that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, of all the places to be stuck, I, I guess that'd be a good one. <laughs> all the way up yeah, in upstate. Right. So, my listeners are going to want to know. I kind of announced already the name of the band, but they're going to want to know a little more about it. I saw that you guys are... you you had on your website that you're an American protest band. Where, where did all that come from? Where'd the <laughs> idea come from? Oh, uh, well, you mean the name revolution? Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. We, you know, it's terrible at names. And, uh, and, and I just, then I thought, well, you know, for this band to <laughs> make it, it would take a revolution <laughs> in the way the music business works, right? Because mm. we're just, a, we're oddball. And I, it was a couple glasses of wine, and, and my wife, uh, our keyboard player, was uh, working on a website, and she was trying to secure a name. And I said, try Revolution. And she said, oh, she laughed and said, oh, that'll fit you. And so <laughs> she came back and said, we can't get that one, but if I spell it like we would in Russia, then I, we can get the website. And I thought, oh, sure, that would be great. You know, we'll add the Conrad uh, flavor to it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we did that. So we spelled it, you know, like a Russian would, R-E-V-L-O-U-S-H-N instead of I-O-N. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I can't believe, I had like a complete brain freeze on this, but my favorite band in the world is Revolution, Prince and the Revolution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't forgot about that right completely until like a year in i went oh fuck 
I saw they were playing here, you know? Oh, my God. Damn it. But we spell it different, so and we're radically different sound. Oh, yeah. And how would you describe your sound? Rockabilly, techno, popic. <laughs> it's dance songs. Yeah. <laughs> They're made yeah. for people to dance to. So what made you decide to become a musician and, and start a band? Uh, that happened really young. Uh, I started playing guitar when I was five. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, my, my older brother bought one to impress a girl or something when he was in his teens, you know, and uh, like 18 or 19, maybe. And uh, he just, all he did was try to impress his girl with it. He didn't really want to play it. So he just <laughs> left it there and he would go to work and I would sneak in his room and fiddle with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I really just liked it right away. So uh, then I think I was maybe eight. I talked my parents into buying me a guitar, something like that. Nice. So I've been doing it. Music is just, it's always, you know, it's always been my thing. It's sort of a release. I do other stuff too, but music is the only thing that's been consistent. Like since I was five years old, I that there's that same piece of this uh, this world that I can always connect to. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of relaxing in a way. And the other hand, the music business, the worst fucking business on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, you do what you got to do. Right. So, and you know we're we're lucky that we don't have to. Um, I mean, we should to or not, we don't have to. Uh, we have our own record company and we do our own releases um, and hire the same people to promote it that the record companies would. So, you know, one might say we're kind of a lazy band. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like I, I play probably three or four hours every day. Right? That's my routine. You know, it's like a workout. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in that sense, we're still, at least David and I are still professional. David Kendrick is the drummer. And he's been my writing partner for a long time. And uh, so the way the band kind of started was uh, I was doing some engineering work and I had to go to Kansas City. And uh, the guy who owned the engineering company also owned a 24-track studio. Pretty nice one, he said. And uh, I told him, oh, man, I love going in the studio. And he said, well, you just pay the engineer and I'll... Uh, $25 an hour or something like that, and you can use the studio. I'll let you use it for free. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I thought, wow, okay. And he was, it was more of a toy for him. He's a really rich dude, so he didn't care if it made money or not. <laughs> you know, he didn't need profit. But when he said, just pay the engineer, what he didn't tell me was the engineer's Aaron fucking Connor, the the producer who did all of Bone Thugs and Harmony, and he's done Ed Sheeran, and he's got all this. This guy's a big shot. Like, holy cow. When I first met him, I was sort of just almost drew it. And it was hard, you know, when you're in awe of someone's skills and, and you're doing it right there with them. So anyway, we recorded a couple songs and I wrote a couple songs for Bobby Killerby. So, it, uh, you know, for sort of in return. And like, I don't know, five, six months later, we were going, holy cow, we've got enough for an album. And then uh, we, you know, I said, ah, what the hell, let's do it, you know. So we, David Kendrick, our drummer, the drummer from Devo and Sparks, and oh, God, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, I told him, hey, I got these songs, and, you know, I got a couple of the songs we wrote that we'll record, and come on out to Kansas City for a week. And actually, I think we stayed two weeks. And uh, we went into the studio every day and recorded the first album that way. 
Wow. And uh, just for and just for the hell of it, you know. Just yeah. To say we had to see it, show, uh, show, or, uh, try to impress the girls. <laughs> <laughs> but, but all of a sudden, it started. You know, we thought they were pretty good songs, but Jesus, a couple of them became. You know, sort of, they got real popular. You know, like a hundred thousand streams or something. And uh, for us, so we didn't expect that at all. So then we thought, well, hey, let's do this for for like you know normal prose work where we really plan it out. So we spent the next year writing and sort of finding the groove and the flavor for for further than the second album. And uh, and that one we recorded almost all the basic tracks here in our own studio in California. And then we went out and worked with Aaron and uh, spent like two weeks in there that time. Just and that was more professional. I mean we. We really spent a lot of time on it, you know, getting the sound just right, making them all consistent and mastering them all consistently. So uh, Further did even better than the first one, and especially like Dinosaurs. I got a quarter million streams on YouTube. And, I mean, yeah. I, again, this is for a band that's not trying very hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually <laughs> just listened to Dinosaurs, and that, that was a pretty crazy song like especially if you look past the just the words and you think about the meaning of the words like are all of your songs so message heavy like that you know i don't do that on purpose i i really don't i just kind of try to write stuff that rhymes and it's cool but uh like dinosaurs it was a real strong feel you know because i and uh, so here's the secret on that i wrote that on the, the original song idea I wrote on GarageBand while I was riding around in the back of a tuk-tuk that was packed, like 30 people stuffed in this thing in, in uh, Thailand. And uh, and I found I just figured out that GarageBand existed, right? And I found that lick, and I went, whoa. And then I started thinking about the how in Thailand, you know, there's a king and the uh, emperor or some shit like that. Uh, and... There's pictures of them all over, and but they're really are, they're not 21st century. I mean, it, it's really archaic thoughts. And even though there's that sort of loving Buddhist vibe about the place, the guys who run it are fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> from a, that's from AIDS. That's not an AIDS that you go into outer space with. I mean, the vibe. You know, there's not going to be fucking kings and queens at the point when people go out in space. So uh, anyway, that's what kind of the vibe came for on the, from that one. But it, it was also uh, Olga. Uh, she, my wife, uh, I call her Bundles, but she uh, she did. That was the first one where. Well, I guess it wasn't the first one, but that video she did was really right on for uh, the way the song felt. They even gave it a whole deeper meaning. Just the, the video she did, you know. Yeah, I somebody pointed that out. In fact, I had a Republican friend of mine get mad at me and be fake. I don't know. <laughs> because they, said, they thought that it was uh, having to do with the American government. Well, they, no, this on the new one on electric. The first line, uh, one of the first lines is those old fools are playing their games, and and this guy's an old guy who thought I was talking about him, and I kind of am. Won't talk to me anymore. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a good way to weed out the the ones that aren't he'll, really your friends, yeah, right? Yeah, he'll get over it. Too. Yeah, he'll get over it once. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but he's like sort of, uh, yeah, he's he's mad at me. That's okay. 
I mean, what am I going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to censor myself? You, you can't do that when you write. If you want to write good, you just write a lot and hope one in a hundred, you know, is good enough to get people's interest. But uh, uh, I'm not going to. I had somebody tell me that. Ah, you know, you're going to lose fans if you keep posting that political shit. <laughs> I was <laughs> well... like, no. no. Not true. It's not true. I talked to all three of them, and they said they don't care. No. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, what's yeah. your what's your process for creating a song like that? I mean, obviously, you just said you were riding around in the back of a tuk tuk playing with Garage Band. Like, is that how all of them are formed, or do you have? Oh no, no, no. That that was in a sense the sort of coming to you out of nowhere. That's pretty much on all of them, but the settings are really different. Uh, and that, so what happened was, here's what the process. I'm right around, and I found this riff, and I started thinking. Then I, the melody came to me, and then I have a really good memory for songs, so I can usually play it once and remember it, you know, for a long time. So I remembered that, and then I started on this. Like a week later, I was on the beach and. Uh, there's some kind of hassle, and I started thinking about this dinosaur thing again. And then uh, when I get back to the studio, I took that riff and put it into Pro Tools and tried to copy it to get a feel for the what it was going to be like. And it, that one I really liked because you're not supposed to like your own stuff, but I do. So <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to you know look at me. I wrote this. It's just what I do. But I like that one because it starts out with that sort of, it's almost an oriental minor riff, you know, with the uh, the pan flute uh, only tweaked a bit, and um, and it goes into that crunchy. And I told Aaron when we were mixing, I said I want that fucking guitar to sound like a dinosaur, you know, crashing <laughs> through the wood. <laughs> and I he like did it. a good job. Yeah. So, uh, but with electric, it was, and so let's say take electric. That one I was. I think it was like kind of late at night and I maybe had dinner and two or three glasses of wine or something. And I came to the studio and sat down at the piano and started playing almost the whole thing. And then, you know, wow. it took a while for the lyrics, but the melody was almost instant. And I was in the studio, so I <laughs> hit that record button and we recorded it, the first demo of it. And uh, then it's such a dancey thing. So we were doing a bunch of gigs at the time and and we needed a song, so it's easy to show the guys. There, showed them, and we started playing it live. But I didn't have all the lyrics on, so like in the second verse, so it's just you know, how do you be we're doing this, <laughs> making up phrases, right? But everybody would dance to it, right? Right. And so we really stretch it out. So then we recorded it again, like we played it live, and realized that it wasn't it, that's the wrong way to approach it. We have to make it more concise and. And we recorded it again with live drums. It was a really weird situation. I'm almost always here when we do drums like that. And that time I couldn't be. Oh. And so I came back and the drums, we had a different engineer, a good friend of ours from a band uh, engineered it. And he did a great job engineering, but I wasn't there to sort of direct it. So a lot of the fills came in, in the wrong spots. But see, here's the thing. David is such a deadly good drummer. And... He can he plays so steady that you can take the beginning of the song and cut it and stick it right at the end and it'll be exactly in the time right. That's one of the great things about him, and he knows that. And he we've been recording enough together that he knows 
what he's going to do is put a bunch of really cool roles in and overplay it because he knows then I'll go back and put the track together that so it fits the vocal, right? But I'll end up with some really cool fills. If you listen to the drums, like the last part of Electric, when the sax kicks in, listen to how the drums almost, they sound like they, they're they still there and they're big, but they went freestyle almost. The, the tempo is still there, but the drums kind of almost go off like a guitar when it's shredding and it goes but real high, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really a cool... And and we got that by him jamming on it, and then you know Aaron and I sat there and sliced everything together to put it into the track that it you know mm-hmm. and and we shortened and uh, spiced it up a little, crunched up the guitar some, and uh, there you go. <laughs> and so that's the process how we did that one. You know that was written both live. We we got the feel that bouncy almost you know up um tip up tempo thing from playing it live and seeing how people would dance to it, you know? Yeah. Well, kind of talking about playing it live, uh, you, have you played like some gigs? Like what are your, your big gigs that you were? Oh yeah. We've played all over the place, all over the country. (laughs) We're national baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so there's one gig we do every year in Northern Wisconsin and it's called Pato Jambo after a, a famous musician that lived up there. Not, I wouldn't say famous to us. He was famous. Um, uh, that one we do, and we're going to do that one again this year, uh, but we're going to be real careful. We're going to have masks with every ticket. We're going to limit it to 200 tickets. The bar is going to be outside. There's going to be hand sanitizer all over the place, temperature gauges for people. Maybe even we're trying to figure out if we can pull off free tests. Man, talk about a way to, you know, kind of put a spin on a bad situation. Like that's a really good idea. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know what we're calling it? We're saying we're going antiviral. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Oh, so uh, so there's that, but we've played, uh, we did a really cool uh, tour in New York a couple of years ago that was really fun. Uh, Jimmy Starr was at both uh, the gigs in New York, and that one was really fun. We had uh, we had Randy Jones from the Village People sit in with us. Oh, neat. And, yeah, and we did YMCA. <laughs> this one's for you and I, man. Was telling, I was telling randy i said you know i never in my life as a rocker thought i would play this or le- learn this song much less play it with you but i, I had so much fun and <laughs> and it, it, so we we you know we only the only time we rehearsed with him was once uh at the club for soundcheck but we knew we were going to do it so we rehearsed a couple times in california and learned the song kind of like the record you know and so we're ready and we did our sound check now we're going to do the check with randy and uh i said okay so here we started out we're going to win that intro he goes no 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 i'm going to tell you how you're going to do it you're going to just wait and i'm going to do it you do it super slow and i'm going to do it almost a cappella in the beginning the first verse and and then i'm going to give you the cue and you guys start it (laughs) (laughs) and and we did it it came up really fun, but the place went nuts. Jesus, he's really a. Uh, and then he came to the net. We did another night there in New York, and it's much smaller, smoky little club. And Randy came to that one too, and uh, it was really fun. Yeah, we had a really good time. Those were good gigs. And then we played in Connecticut uh, at this punk club called uh, the Cherry Station, or Cherry Street Station, hmm. and uh, 
Yeah, that was wild because, um, oh, God, I didn't realize what the traffic was like going from New York to Connecticut in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were like two hours. I mean, we started on time, but we were got there two hours later than we thought we would. That sounds uh, about right. And, yeah, so we're all tense, and this place just went nuts, though, right out of the box. And so it was so much fun because we went from being tense to just, wah! <laughs> Having a great time. People are, you know, we're, uh, our manager brought us up shots and stuff. Uh, it was fun. That's awesome. Let's see what other ones. Oh, the one where we shot the video for Electric. That was really fun, too. That was kind of big shot uh, Hollywood type deal. <laughs> Ooh la la. Uh, it was the, yeah, I mean, we were very fancy. <laughs> uh, the uh, it was at the Globe Theater in L.A. downtown L.A. and the Globe Theater is sort of uh, it, they kind of built it as a much bigger version of Globe Theater in London where Shakespeare you know performed all his plays. Right. Well, this is a lot bigger. This is I think the Globe was seventy people and this one is twelve hundred. Uh, so. Anyway, we played as a benefit for the Mars Society, which is a group to, of scientists and enthusiasts that are trying to promote uh, moving to Mars. Elon Musk is one of the guys. In fact, that's how I met him. Um, so that one was really fun because it was packed. But I've never seen a light show like that. If you watch that video, that's all actually what they were doing on stage behind us. It was amazing. And also we had... Uh, Scott Page from uh, Pink Floyd played sax on that song, so that's his hometown. So he came and uh, sat in with us on that song oh, on Electric. He, yeah, he's great he's, too. He's oh yeah, I really like Scott. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, well, and, I kind of uh, want to. I kind of want to kind of shift gears a little bit, and, and you know, we've talked a lot about the the band. I kind of want to have uh, the listeners get a little bit more of who frank is so i got some questions that are a little bit more personal like not anything you know too delvey or anything like that but some fun questions for you oh uh, we need to get kim our singer here she's got all like the messy dirty gossip <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta have something like that in the band right We're oh absolutely <laughs> well my but, first uh, question yeah, my first question to you is what would you be doing if you weren't a musician? I don't know. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't imagine it. You know, it would just be. I can I can remember times when I would get burned out, so burned out on the business that I would just stop for a year or two. Oh and wow! Those were un- yeah, they were unhappy times, more or less. Right. Uh, the only really good parts of my life is when I'm you know making music and i'm super lucky right now to be able to uh, do both i have something interesting to do that's not too well it's real demanding but the hours are mm-hmm. the hours are very good and the pay is insane so uh i had get to spend that four or five hours a day in the studio uh and there's so much to learn you know i don't get bored with it and you know lately we haven't been able to play but i play with four or five different bands so i'm always um you know, Revolution is number one, but then I play with Kevin North Band. Uh, I play with Nella Mora, uh, the Coke Band, which the Coke Band is kind of cool. I got off on a tangent here, I guess, huh? But I wanted to mention, <laughs> that, those are the same guys that I started playing with in high school when I was 11. Oh, man. 
Well, with you being yeah. so busy and being part of all these different things, like, do you have time for a hobby? <laughs> uh, I read a lot. Okay. <laughs> like, immunology uh, is a is fascinating science to me. Um, and I also, you know, I, I was part of this Mars Society in that I was the guy who designed and built the Mars habitats that these simulators that the astronaut uses. Uh, there's one at the up by the North Pole, there's one in Iceland, and there's one in Utah. And what they do is, uh, this is the habitat module that when they go to Mars, they're going to have to have a place to live, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that was my sort of one of my side jobs is I worked for NASA and the Mars Society and designed and built these. Ha- in fact, I've got the market cornered on Mars habitats on Earth. <laughs> not, a, not in space. Uh, and that's how I met Elon. 18 years ago or something like that. Holy cow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. What? Yeah. So anyway, but I was, and you know, even back then we were doing music as part of it. We, in fact, uh, there's another band I play with called the extremophiles and we were a band, uh, uh, me and uh, a filmmaker and four NASA scientists did a rotation in the habitat and rotation is where you stay two weeks and pretend you're on Mars. You know, you don't go outside without a suit, and you can't to go to the grocery store or nothing like that. So we got NASA to pay for part of that as an experiment. By send, they were like, "Well, what kind of people should we send to Mars when we have a crew?" And we were like, "Send musicians because they'll have something to do on the way." <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you can get guys that play good in a band together, there goes a perfect setup. You know. Yeah. And so. Uh, yeah, so we went there and we got uh, Pro Tools to donate a bunch of equipment because yeah, everything has to be lightweight. You know, it's ten thousand dollars a pound to send anything into space. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so we had one guitar, a lightweight keyboard, a lightweight drum machine, and Pro Tools. And what happened was our main science science officer, famous scientist from NASA, she. We had ATVs, and we're, you know that's we're pretending we're in these suits, and we're t- pretending we're out there gathering samples and stuff. Well, she tipped hers over on the second day and broke a rib. Oh and, man! But re- refused to go to the doctor. She said, "If we were at Mars, and you can't do much for a rib other than just don't move." So our science program went to hell for the next two weeks. So we decided to write songs. Hey. And we wrote like twenty songs. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, you gotta got to make do with the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, you can cut this out. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, actually, I wanted to use these last couple minutes to open it up, and you can let the listeners know where they can go to follow your social medias. Uh, yeah, we're going to get better at that. Uh, we're going to hire somebody because I've been doing it lately, and I'm terrible at it. But Oh, uh, okay. The Revolution.com, and you got to spell it R-E-V-L-O-U-S-H-N. And, you know, when when we first started, it was a pain in the butt because the computers would always just change it to the other spelling and nobody could find us. Right. But now we're on Wikipedia and we got, you know, it comes up with about six, seven pages. So we're okay now. <laughs> uh, so revolution.com. Uh, there's on Facebook. It's uh, we have a Facebook page, Revolution. That's, that's kind of where we do most of the uh, outreach. Um we're working on on uh, Instagram. Do we have a page? We don't do much with it. On Twitter, we do more. Okay. Like we post once we play and stuff. Which uh, I can imagine post. your guys is like the way. I mean, just from what 
you were wearing like your your steampunk hat and everything. I bet your band pictures are awesome. <laughs> well, we have a my, like I say, my wife does all our visual stuff, and uh, and so yeah, we have great photos. Cool, uh, it's amazing, and it, it's kind of the whole vibe too. It's sort of that Hollywood vibe, you know. It's not shoegazer stuff. Not no disrespect to shoegazers, you know. I dig that music, but we're kind of more like okay, here's the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really try to put everything out for the show. You, know, I mean, you don't want to whine about, oh, you know, I'm tired or my girlfriend's mad at me or something. Like, Fuck that. We're <laughs> here to make music and forget about that. <laughs> I like it. Right? So, Frank, yeah. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to me and letting me know a little bit more about Revolution and get the word out to my listeners who should definitely go check this out. So thank you. I've had a blast talking to you. Well, the same here, too. It was really fun talking to you. And, uh, you know, we'll talk again sometime. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And thank you to all the listeners who tuned in to check out this episode. Make sure to go to Frank's uh, social medias, Revolution, uh, Revolution.com, Revolution on Facebook, just not spelled the normal way. Think commie style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and on YouTube. Uh, yeah. YouTube. We have, I don't know. Oh, I yeah. And not to worry. If you can't remember how to spell it, all the links will be in the description of the podcast. All you have to do is click and it'll take you there. I got you covered. But thank you all very much for checking this out. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs> now that was an awesome interview. Thanks so much for listening. You all are so great. And don't forget to head to Facebook, Insta, and Twitter and follow The Leo Effects. If you want to hear some comedy and ridiculous voices, check out Shattered Dungeons on YouTube and all other places podcasts can be heard. And you'll hear me voicing crazy characters, usually pretty terribly. So thank you so much. You all are the absolute best. And we will see you all on the next episode.